Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. On 34 Circe, we talk about subjects from history to history, mythology, and adventure. And today, we'll be talking women in stage combat. My name is Sean Newcomb, and I'm the co-host here with Dawn Sam Alden. Hey, Dawn. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to Making Matriarchy Great Again. And Indeed. today, we are talking with a, a group of women who have uh, have been practicing, learning and practicing, teaching the art of stage combat. Now, stage combat, for those of you who are more uh, film-oriented, is the stage, the live stage version of stunts or stunt fighting, which is the art of making it look like we're beating the crap out of each other when in reality we are doing what is closer to a dance than an actual fight. It is um, specific movements that have been uh, designed in advance, rehearsed, and perfected to make them look uh, real and either scary or funny or whatever the situation calls for. So it's the stage version of uh, stunt fighting. So Dawn, can I, I want to jump in and be the listener who doesn't know what you guys do. So I'm going to try to ask those questions. And okay. so what's the, so essentially when we see a stunt woman on screen, she's usually filling in for the lead actress in a, in a role. There's director will yell cut. We'll bring in the stunt woman. We'll shoot the action sequence and we go from there. So for women in stage combat, you're still the role. You're playing the character. You're also doing the stage fight as well. Is that right? Exactly. You're not jumping in for someone. Exactly. Uh, it's the same person, both acting and fighting, and there is no calling cut. So unlike uh, stunts in the movies, which are broken down into individual shots, and the stunts are generally done in much shorter chunks, um, on stage, if you learn a fight... You perform it from beginning to end, no cuts, and then you keep acting. So it can, in, it. in some ways, it's more demanding. Um, but in other ways, it's, you know, we, we are not uh, jumping from uh, cars that are blowing up, generally, <laughs> on stage. That would be uh, great, but yeah, yeah. I, I want to see that show, but okay. <laughs> Well, it will be on Broadway with, you know, a much larger budget than most of us generally work with. So that'll be our pirate, our, our woman pirate Broadway show. OK, there you go. Exactly. Not the car, but we'll have something like it. We'll have a ship on fire. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I have uh, we have today four guests who um, I would love to um, have them introduce themselves and give you a little idea of their experience in stage combat. So we'll go 
uh, alphabetically here. Amanda, do you want to start us off? Oh, I guess so. I, I, you said alphabetically, and I was like, oh, no, that's me first. <laughs> that <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, so, hi, I am Amanda Noriko Newman. Uh, I am an actor, stage combatant, uh, occasional fight choreographer, director, writer, human. Uh, and, yeah, I've been, I guess, actively training in stage combat for the past few years, uh, and before that was a competition fencer. So that's my life, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, nice. We can get into more of that later. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, you are located in Los Angeles, yes? Yes, I am. Great. Okay, Chloe, do you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on. First of all, this is really exciting. Um, so I'm Chloe Baldwin. Uh, I live in Chicago, Illinois right now. Um, I'm an actor, a fight choreographer, and recently a filmmaker and social media consultant, which is exciting. Um, and yeah, I've, uh, I've been fight choreographing since I uh, apprenticed uh, two fight choreographers who were uh, some lovely gentlemen here in Chicago for two years. Or I'm sorry, for four years, two of them for four years. And nice. um, yeah, I've just been working in uh, Chicago uh, storefront uh, and some bigger theaters, working, uh, quite choreographing for some colleges and high schools as well, which is always really fun. So yeah, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Great. Jen Albert. Hello, I'm Jen. Um, I am also a fight choreographer. I live in Los Angeles right now, but I'm from Chicago. I was a company member of Babes with Blades, so I guess that makes me an emeritus company member. Indeed. Uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, so fight choreographer, um, stunt coordinator. Um, I also teach at a conservatory. Um, and, you know, of course, an actor as well, because that just sort of goes along with all of that. Mm-hmm. And I also am a martial artist. Yes, yes, you are. And what is your uh, what is your martial art? Uh, I studied Kenpo, K E N P O. For those who may have heard Kenpo, it's Kenpo. Nice, nice. And Stephanie, bring us home. Hello. Um, I feel a little bit out of the loop here because I'm I've been sort of on a hiatus, but it, I realize now it's thirty four years that I've been. Wow studying, teaching, um, choreographing, and performing stage combat. So I'm the old one, I think, in the group. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and I'm located in Chicago. Great, great. So um, speaking as another old one, Stephanie, um, Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how we all got into stage combat. What was it that interested you all about it? Um, And uh, how did you first sort of dip your toe into the scene? And um, what about it wanted you to continue learning and, um, and, you know, make it such a, make it a part of your life as an artist? Um, so I am also, uh, an old one. I've been doing this, uh, for, mm, yeah, close to 35 years, closer to 30, I think, because Stephanie, I started a little bit later than you did. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, teaching and, and, uh, learning and, um, 
and founding uh, Babes with Blades Theater Company in Chicago in 1997, which is where I met Stephanie and Jen. Um, but when I first started learning stage combat, it was very much a man's game. Uh, it was a boys club. And um, I remember that even for the instructors, the male instructors who were welcoming to female students, there was very much a feeling of, um, I am allowing you to play in my yard, but don't ever forget that it's my yard, Ugh. that you're a guest here. Um, and that, you know, stage combat or anything having to do with the, you know, martial uh, world um, was the, the, the arena of men and that there was something slightly, um, that there was something very exceptional about me um, wanting to learn this and become a part of this world and not necessarily exceptional in a good way. So, so Dawn, was it like when uh, I, I we discussed something where the idea is you should be honored that they've invited you into their little realm? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That was sort of that was sort of um, understood that I was being gifted um, a great honor and that I should be certain to be grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, I know you had more of um, a mentor-mentee relationship when you started with a specific um, teacher. And so I wonder if that affected that at all, or did you feel the same thing that I felt? Um, to a certain extent, it wasn't when I first started. I started when I was 18. Um, I left from all... All of my, my years before, I was in all Catholic schooling and went straight into Columbia College in Chicago, which was about as opposite as you can get uh, to what I was <laughs> used to. And I auditioned my first semester and was cast in a show where I had to be beat up and raped on stage. You know, those light little uh, things that you do as Comedy. an actor when you're 18. Yeah. Ah. yeah. When you're 18, um, and, yeah, wow. And I was very fortunate, actually, to have been partnered with um, a lovely gentleman who I'm sure many of you know, David Engel, um, who was my scene partner for that. And actually, far from him treating me like I was playing in his yard, he was he was very careful about making sure that I was taken care of and I understood what was happening and I was comfortable um, because he was in the stage combat class at Columbia mm -hmm. at the time. He was the teaching assistant. So he was very careful with making sure that my experience was very good. And that was what brought me into stage combat myself. I did this show. I got hooked. I decided I wanted to see what it was about and started taking classes. And um, what what Sam is referring to is my relationship with David Woolley, who was and still is uh, one of the instructors at Columbia. Um, he, you know, we met when I was 18. He thought I'd never make it through the class. 
I wound up being his teaching assistant for a number of years. And he very much encouraged me to go out and work as a choreographer, as a performer. He hooked me up with Footsteps in Chicago, um, which was an all-female mm-hmm. company that was doing all-female stage, uh, all-female Shakespeare productions. And uh, that was my first professional, and I'm doing quotey fingers, my first professional <laughs> choreography gig. Because, you know, it was, hey, come on and do this, and uh, we'll buy you lunch sort of deal, Um, (laughs) which is, I think, how a lot of us got started in this. So my experience with people treating me as um, being allowed to play in their yard was much more when I went to take classes outside of my little circle, Um, when I would go to workshops with the Society of American Fight Directors and things like that. That was where I got the, you know, the, the... up and down look and who do you think you are coming in here? Um, Yeah. But I, you know, I also had a very different experience with the fact that I, a lot like Sam, you did create your own, your own playground with babes. I, I think I just didn't understand that I wasn't supposed to do that. You know, it takes me a little while to learn these things. So (laughs) I was working with a, a children's theater company and just made it my business to choreograph a fight for every show we did for these children's <laughs> shows. So nice. I sort of made my own way with that. And I remember having a conversation with uh, Kay Jenny Jones, who's one of the, f- maybe the only, somebody might correct me on this because I'm not up on my SAFD lore at this point, if she's the only female fight master at this point or if there's another one. Um, I I think she, first of all, let me just uh, do a little uh, explanatory comma. The SAFD is the Society for American Fight Directors and is, I would say, probably the most organized and the largest presence in uh, teaching actors to do stage combat. In the States. Um, And... In the States, in the United States, yes, Society for American Fight Directors. There is a a Society for British Fight Directors. There's also a Society for Canadian Fight Directors. So so it is an international organization in terms of their philosophy, um, but the SAFD is specifically for uh, American schools, yeah. And Stephanie calls me Sam because that is my nickname. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, calling you Dawn is just weird. Yes, yes, I agree. Same here. Yes, indeed. Dawn, how did you? Dawn, how did you get that nickname? Just so. Um, It's actually short for Samson, um, because I've never had short hair in my life, and um, uh, an old boyfriend of mine used to tease me that someday I'd have to cut my hair for a role, and I would tell him, "No, I'll lose my strength." So, uh, so he started calling me Samson and, uh, I liked the nickname so much. I decided to keep it even when I got rid of the boyfriend. <laughs> now I, I feel like that was very much an LA to Chicago thing. Cause I, when I met you in Los Angeles, I only knew you as Dawn and people called you Sam and I was very confused. Yes. Yeah. When I came to LA, um, 
I decided to introduce myself everywhere as Dawn because considering the um, how difficult it is to get work in LA in the first place, I didn't want to uh, give anyone a reason to confuse who I was um, when they were, you know, looking for me on the web or something like that. So I switched back to my given name, which is Dawn, indeed. But, um, but Jen, why don't you tell us, because you came at this, um, I think, from a slightly different angle. So why don't you tell us how you got started in stage combat and your first sort of experiences with it? Um, yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I, I, of course, went to theater school. I knew I was going to theater school. But before that ever happened, I, uh, I think I always wanted to be a dancer. Um, that was something that that I really enjoyed. I, I love to freeform uh, dance. But when I took my first dance class, it did not go so well. Um, mainly because I started in the class a lot later than the other students. So Mm -hmm. they had already learned the dance. Um, and it was very intimidating for me and very upsetting to me. Uh, and what I started to say is, oh, I'm spatially dyslexic. Up becomes (laughs) down, right becomes left. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm very confused. Dance sort of became, uh, the best way for me to describe, uh, uh, getting choreography for dance is it's like if you took a bunch of different colored paint and threw it on a wall and said, okay, do that. (laughs) And then I would have a meltdown. (laughs) Uh, And the thing is I love to dance. Like I love it. And I'm actually a good dancer, but without choreography. Right. Uh, So I, I kind of broke my heart and I never danced. Um, So when I went to school, uh, at Columbia as well. Um, David Woolley, of course, was, was the fight instructor. Um, and I just remember one day, I was sort of, I remember opening the, the book for all the classes at Columbia and I saw stage combat and I saw swords and I just remember my heart leaping and being so excited by that. And, you know, of course, I always wanted to take martial arts. I mean, I'm a violent person is really what it is. <laughs> just down deep inside, I'm violent. Um, and so I kind of wanted to do that. I was like very excited about that. I loved movies and I loved watching people, you know, beat up each other and action and this and that. Oh my God, I want to do that. So that was sort of the romanticized idea of it. But I remember being at Columbia and hearing them fight with swords upstairs. You know, I could just hear it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, there's swords, there's swords. So my first experience with it was in fact at school when I started taking stage combat. Um, and it was glorious. And I loved it. And what I started to realize about myself is that stage combat for me was very concrete, whereas dance was abstract. I understand where a fist is supposed to go. I understand where a sword's target is. So it just, it made so much sense to me. Nice. Um, and I feel like I, I had a very natural aptitude uh, for it. Um, and so it kind of just went from there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I got involved with Babes with Blades completely out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I happened to see a showcase, like one of the very first showcases. And I remember waiting for Sam and I will call her Sam because that's how I know her, outside of the, in the, in the hallway after the show and just standing there with my business card saying, the next time you do this, I want in. The next time you do this, I want in. <laughs> 
And then the next time they did it, she called me and I was in. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so I became a babe and did, you know, multiple shows after that. And the interesting thing is that whenever I wasn't doing a babe show, I would be doing another show. And if there was stage combat and there was no fight choreographer, they would look to me and say, hey, Jen, you, you have stage combat training. Can you can you help mm-hmm. us with this punch? Can, can you help us with this fall down the stairs? Can you? And, and I would, you know, go, yeah, a fall down the stairs. Totally. I can do that. That's crazy. Cool. Uh, and, and that's sort of how my fight choreography career sort of began is that suddenly I would get cast in shows or people would know me as a babe and they would start asking me to choreograph. And I began a fight choreography and career in Chicago that way, just randomly. I wasn't even trying. It was so bizarre. Um, and, and honestly, a blessing. It was really great. And then when I moved to L.A., I, the, uh, about a week after I got here, uh, a friend of mine, Michael Matthews, who also went to Columbia, uh, was looking for a fight choreographer, found out I moved here and was like, oh, my God, I need you to come and choreograph the show. And <laughs> so that happened and I started choreographing shows in LA and they were few and far between until people started to realize that that was what I was good at and pretty soon I have a career doing a ton of fight choreography in LA and and it it, of course helps that my my husband Chris we have a company together called School of Night well we produce shows with huge battle and fight scenes and I am the choreographer. And so people see my work that way. Right. So right. I just keep getting work because my work is being seen, which is also a great blessing. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a, a sensitive question, and I hope you don't mind. When did you start getting paid for your work? Um, I think I started getting paid... You know, I got paid in Chicago when I was at Circle Theater Company. I sort of became the resident fight choreographer Mm -hmm. um, and they would pay me. But, you know, obviously not very much, probably like seventy five or one hundred dollars, something very minimal. Um, And then out here, I got paid pretty much as soon as, uh, you know, I think as soon as Michael Matthews hired me because they were a well-known company and they, they had a budget. Now, you know, by the way, this is not a ton of money. It also was like $75 or a hundred dollars. As the years have gone on, it's, you know, depending on how large the company is or how large, you know, what their, what their budget is, their annual budget is, um, the pay has been more. Generally, it stays within that small not-for-profit, well, it's in our budget, we, you know, you're right, one of our designers. Right. Um, it sort of depends on the company. I, generally, I think it's roughly a fair uh, pay-ish. Okay, okay. Not always, Is it, not always. It's about minimum wage or above minimum wage? Or... Yeah, well, you know, that depends. Because I, yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. the problem is that if it's if actors don't have stage combat training i have to train them right (laughs) and the last one of the biggest shows i worked on which was about a female robin hood the entire company of 15 people had no stage combat training 
And so I had to start training them weeks before rehearsals ever started. Right. Perry one, Perry two, Perry three from day one. (laughs) Right. So, you know, that's minimum wage below. But I was like, you know, Chris was directing and and we were like, we cannot have people on the stage who do not have training. We can't do it. We can't. And And in L.A., you have to hire within the company. So if you have to hire within the company and you have a company of people, you know, they've picked a play with stage combat and nobody has stage combat, well, that's you got to train them. You've got to yeah. train them. And I was happy to do yeah. it and I enjoyed it and they were great and they did a wonderful job. They did yeah, a they wonderful, really did. wonderful job. Really so. so let's um, let's turn to our younger members, uh, Chloe and Amanda. Chloe, let's start with you. Um, how was your introduction to stage combat? And as a woman, did you ever feel or were you ever made to feel that uh, this was something that you should feel honored to be allowed to do? Right. Um, I think I was really fortunate in that. uh, So my first introduction to stage combat was when I was in high school, I was in this production of like Peter Pan and played a pirate. And they brought in these two guys that were fight choreographers from downtown who turned out to be, um, one of them was Rick Gilbert, who became one of my mentors, and then uh, David uh, Bearford. Um, and uh, they were amazing. And like, they did this demonstration for us with sword fighting. And I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. And I was already like, <laughs> a soccer. So I was like, oh, I know how to take a fall. And like, I love that. And I just wanted to be like, viscerally physical with my body. And um it was uh, really great to hear, um, uh, or sorry, it was really great to get to try that and get to um, to bring the thing that I already loved, acting, to that kind of excitement that I had for um, doing something really cool and physical. Um, so once I found that, I kind of just stopped them for a while. Uh, and um, when I got to college, I ended up um, uh, just asking if I could follow them around. And by that time, it was Rick and Vic. And um, they said, well, do you want to just be our apprentice? So I, I did that for four years. And so I, I was really lucky in that they were super accommodating and excited to, like, have me and to have someone who was excited about it. And it felt like they didn't really, you know, they didn't really care whether it was a girl or a guy or a cucumber. It was just all about, like, you're excited <laughs> about this. We're excited about this. Um, and uh, so that was really cool. And then... Because of Rick, so Rick is married to Libby Byrice, who is also a super badass, and she is part of Babes with Blades. And so through that, it was always kind of like this, like older sister, kind of like, oh, like they're they're the Amazons, like they're the the cool women in Chicago that do stage combat. So I was always like, oh, I want to, I want to be part of that. And um, and so when I graduated, I auditioned for one of their shows. And, um, and got to be part of that and be, become a, a babe uh, with a blade. And, um, uh, and you know, it was, it was just, it was nice to always have a kind of guiding star that was, oh, this group of women that do stage combat and that's their thing, which made me feel like, oh, that could be my thing too. Um, so to kind of have role models in that way was amazing. And to also have a specific mentor and specific mentors who like, you know, they they were just all about, you know, who are you as a person? It was awesome. But at the same time, I also had, like, you know, luckily not in the kind of guiding forces that I had, but in those 
the things off to the side in you know workshops I would take in just just in comments that people would make that you know weren't in um, in the community as much or or were but just not in the kind of community that I was used to or that was the, the main thing that I did like I, I always remember I had this one experience when I was and this was later but when I was fight choreographing um, at the end of the show somebody came up to me and said uh, a gentleman who's you know uh, who was playing one of the leads he said uh, wow like you did a really great job. And I was like, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And he was like, I am just so surprised that like a woman could do this. And like, that the, you know, I, I saw you were a woman and I didn't think that you were going to do a great job. And I was like, what, what an interesting compliment. Um, but <laughs> you could talk about a, a that great job. You could have stopped there. <laughs> you really could have. You, may, you maybe should have. And uh, so it was just really, uh, it was really interesting for me to be like, okay, so it's good that I changed his mind a little bit, maybe. But the main thing I'm feeling right now is like, oh, is this what a lot of people are thinking? And, and you know, like, it, it's, it, I've definitely experienced some of the boys club stuff with, with a, a good amount of people, I'd say. But luckily, none of them have been the main mentors and teachers that I relied on, which is awesome. Chloe, could I ask if you could, I'm um, having a little trouble hearing you, could you go a little closer to your mic, just? Yeah, I'm like, I saw your message, I'm, I'm like right next to it, I'm, I'm so sorry, maybe, should I change up my setup, maybe try not doing headphones? Oh, there we go. Oh, there we better? go, yeah. There you go, okay, perfect. Like this? Yeah. You yeah. got my oh, message, I'm glad. Okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh, sorry about that, you guys. That's all right, that's all right. No worries. Oh, technology. Oh, yes. <laughs> you sexy beast, you. Um, cool. All right. Um, how about you, Amanda? All right. So um, my start in stage combat was a little bit different uh, in that I picked up a sword for the first time when I was 10 because I saw fencing on TV and decided I wanted to try it. So I... <laughs> was very lucky. I started fencing and I was a competition fencer from ages um, 10 to like 15, 16. After, during that time, uh, when I was in eighth grade, my middle school was doing the Princess Bride as their fall play. Oh, wow. Uh, and I remember this day very clearly. I had, you know, my, a lot of my teachers had known that I was a fencer. It was not something I ever tried to hide obviously so right. I was going to my locker after school one day and my English teacher is talking to the drama teacher I wave at them and I didn't really know the drama teacher at this time but my English teacher turns to me he's like oh hey this is the girl that I was talking about and I'm now going through my brain thinking what did I do wrong <laughs> oh no uh and then the drama teacher says hey do you know what the movie The Princess Bride, and I said, yeah, I love that movie. And he said, well, we're doing it for the play. And we would like it if you could be the fight choreographer. Uh, I had no idea about stage combat as a thing, really, but I guess they decided I could hold a sword and had enough sense not to get someone killed. <laughs> so eighth grade, 13-year-old Amanda uh, choreographed her first play. Wow. And, <laughs> and 
you know, I, I no one died. Uh, everyone was fine. And that's actually, and they gave me like a little, um, you know, like n- spear carrier part in the play. And that's how I fell in love with acting. Oh, so I, cool. I came at it from swords and then was like, ooh, this theater thing seems cool. Um, <laughs> and eventually, you know, uh, eventually I stopped fencing because of school, too much time studying. Right. Uh, and then I started acting in college for real. Uh, and during that time in college, I take, I took some stage combat when I did my study abroad, especially, but I never thought that it was something I, that it would be, uh, prudent for me to study because, Mm. and this, I admit for the most part was my own brain telling me no one is going to cast you as a fighter. I am five feet tall. Mm. I am tiny. If you don't know me, I don't look very threatening. And I admit that, um, so I just never thought it was going to be a thing, but I did have some experience at that point. Uh, a, a couple years ago, I guess three at this point, uh, I got cast in a show where I did, where that was a stage combat heavy show. And that's when I realized, oh no, you actually can kind of do this. You're pretty good at it. Why don't you study it now? So then a few years ago is when I actually started with the Society of American Fight Directors and really like dove into that. And since then I have been cast in a lot of shows as an actor who fights and occasionally did some, uh, some fight choreography. I I'm part of a, a female playwrights festival that I've done for the past few years. And there was one year where I saw some fighting and it looked perfectly safe, but it didn't look good. <laughs> and I went to the artistic director who was a friend of mine at that point was like, Hey, you know what I do, right? <laughs> if if there's fighting, I want I want it to look good. And then I became the fight director for that play festival and have been for the past couple of years. Um, and through that festival, people saw my work and I've gotten a couple of out, outside fight choreography gigs from there. Um, in terms of people telling me that I couldn't do it, I haven't gotten a ton of, uh, uh, I haven't gotten many people saying no in my face, which is nice. Uh, I have, there, like, there are definitely theater companies that are less accepting of women who fight, and I've been part of that, and every so often been like, um, really? Hold on. Uh, I was fight captain for a show and got a little bit of, I, I wouldn't say, like, pushback from a lot of the male cast members, but like a couple times they'd say something and I'm like, no, I'm your fight captain. Listen to me now. There's a reason I'm doing this and you're not. Um, nice. Nice. So let's, let's kind of pivot since you, you have given us that lovely bridge. Um, talk a little bit more about how you deal with that on the job because I definitely when I started choreographing one of the things that I had to do was develop almost a persona that I utilized when I was choreographing men to get over that initial like why is a chick think she can teach us how to fight type of of resistance um, how, how do you deal with that, Amanda? Um, 
for the and again, I haven't I've been very lucky in in my experiences that there has never any been anyone who's like, well, you're a woman and this is a man's thing. And I'm I'm lucky for that, but I have it's been more of okay, I'm giving you a note and people are now talking over me and I'm like, okay, hold on, but let me give you the note. Nice. And so it's it's been less of of a persona as I think as women all dealing with mansplaining in many <laughs> ways uh, of the, at least for me, it's like, I will say, okay, and hold on, I'm still talking and, nice. and continue from that. Right. Uh, so you, you find that you, you have to make a little a bit of an extra effort to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and to insist upon being yeah. heard and recognized for the skills that you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody else want to chime in on that? Sure. Um, uh, Don Sam, the thing that you're saying about personas rings really true with me. Um, oh, this is Chloe, by the way. Um, I, <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm super conscious about what I wear. Um, I always try to wear something that, you know, is just looks like I'm a a badass, maybe a little bit extra masculine, honestly, especially if I Oh, that's so funny, because sometimes I do the opposite. No way. No, I really? actually, uh, a lot of the times I've gone into choreography gigs, and I'm like, I'm, I I wear glasses on a daily basis, but not when I'm fighting. Uh, so I will do, like, winged eyeliner and a bright lipstick, because I just, I, I don't know, may, it's definitely a me thing, where I just want to walk in, and I'm like, yes, I am five feet tall, I'm wearing pink lipstick, and I am going to kick your ass. I do the same thing with makeup like I, I don't always wear eyeliner but I always wear eyeliner when I'm going to choreograph it's almost like war paint like everything yes. else is masculine but I'm like oh war paint let's go yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah yeah but like the with the persona thing I, I definitely feel like that and I, I think some of it's subconscious too like I I don't know that I would have described it like that until I heard you say that um where I feel like you know it, I, I think my voice is a little lower. I think I stand a little taller. Um, I think part of that's like a general kind of teaching and commanding the room thing. But I, I definitely I definitely feel like I, I extra feel it with with fight choreography. Um, and I think, and I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about different aspects of it too. I think maybe part of it's the safety aspect too, where I'm like, hey, I got I got to make sure I have control of this room for that purpose. But I think I think that part of it is that I, I feel like I extra need to control the room sometimes yeah. so that that trust is there. And I, I think that it does feel like something that that it does take a little extra time and a little extra effort to build because I'm a woman. And I, you know, I don't know for sure because I don't have the control group experience of being a man, but I, I, I think I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Um, this is Jen. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I feel like in my younger days, uh, I feel like I came up against that a lot more, um, sort of that either one of two things is, is going to happen. They're either going to resist or they're going to hit on me. 
<laughs> and I've had both of those things happen. Or, you know, that thing where you're like, okay, we're going to do uh, the, the direct, and I don't even do this anymore, but back in the day, we used to choreograph slaps that were straight up slaps. And I just remember a guy being like, it's okay, hit me, man. You can hit me as hard as you want. It's fine. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, no, you're, you're not good, yes. right? So they're showing up saying, well, look, I'm tough. I can take it. Right. Um, yep. So I've noticed that a lot. Um, and then, you know, again, either they resist me totally and they're just like one word responses yeah. or I get the, well, wouldn't it be better if I did it this way? Okay. Do it your way. Show me. I mean, and I've had that happen where guys are like, what if I pick him up this way? Wouldn't that be better? Uh, sure. Go ahead. Do it. And then they do it and it doesn't work. And I'm like, right. yeah, so can we try it my way now? Yeah, great. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting, and it happens every single time. It happens every single time that that they end up deferring to me. Because whether they know how to fight or not, it's sort of, they think that they're coming from this background of knowing how to fight or knowing how to be right. physical. But I'm not teaching you that. I am teaching you the safe application of this. Right. And... That is what is important to bear in mind. And I, you know, I teach now. And so sometimes I have students who are a little resistant. And I, day one of class, I'm like, I don't care how tough you are. That's not what this is about. And I repeat it over and over again. I don't care how tough you are. I teach everybody how to throw a punch. And I teach, and what I say is, I, I make no assumptions about who knows how to throw a punch. Nobody taught me nor did they teach my brothers. Mm. And when that sort of settles into the room, it sort of becomes a different environment uh, because they sort of realize, oh, I guess nobody really is taught how to punch unless you take martial arts. Right. You know, it's not, it's not the back in the day where your dad was like, all right, kid, I'm going to teach you how to throw a punch. Right? That doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't right, happen. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I think and I hope, based on my experience, that times are changing. And with the more pervasive amount of female fight choreographers that I am seeing, especially in L.A., I'm, and with the way women are being, the way, the way we can see that there are more stunt women and more action, you know, uh, heroes that, that are women, that hopefully that the dialogue is changing on that and, and it's becoming less, less misogynist and more understanding and more sort of like, Oh well, yeah, it's a woman, whatever. Cool. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> it's not yeah, a big deal anymore. <laughs> right. Maybe right, that huh? has been my experience as of late. Okay. Hey, okay. it's Stephanie. I'm going to uh, put in my two cents here. Um, Please do. A couple of, couple of different things. One, I found, Back when I was doing outside choreography, which to me is a company that I did not work with intimately. So when I wasn't doing for Babes or when I wasn't doing for Eminon, a company that I was contracted to work for. If the director did not give me the, the, the power to be the person to be telling the cast this, that was always a stumbling block. Um, and I had that yeah. with a show that I was cast in where they also asked me to do half of the choreography. And I said, sure, you know. So we split up the different fights in the show 
And one of the directors, because there were two directors, it was a, a wonderful cluster of all sorts of awesomeness. Um, there were two directors, <laughs> and one of the directors also fancied himself a fight director. And so he was putting together his fights, and I was dealing with, you know, my fights. And, you know, when I choreographed a battle, I came in with my giant spreadsheet that I rolled out on the floor where everybody was going <laughs> everywhere. And he was sort of going, uh, yeah, you're over there and you're over there. And he never gave me the permission when he was in the room. He, he kept trying to pull it back from me until Mary Shen Barnage, God love her, um, mm -hmm. called to make a reservation to come and see the show and said the only reason she was coming to see it was because I was doing the choreography. And he nice. couldn't figure out why that was. <laughs> Um, because Mary has been a, a fan of mine and a friend of mine for years and years and years. So that was kind of a funny little turn of events. Um, and uh, a quick explanatory comma here. Uh, Mary Shin Barnage is uh, not only a great supporter of the Babes with Blades and a wonderful human being, but also a, a theater critic in Chicago. So she would have been coming to review the show. Yes, And, uh, you know, we all know how difficult it is to get a reviewer in to see your show and to print a review. So Stephanie was, in a sense, lending her prestige to this show <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and letting the director know that. So, Which is a much fancier way of saying it than I thought. I was just like, hey, Mary's coming. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I also wanted to say... Um, uh, an interesting thing I ran into with um, with the idea of you're a girl and you can't do this. When I would do workshops and I would have to partner with someone, I've told this story mm. a million times to other people, but I w went into a workshop where we were going to be doing kicks and not just low kicks. We were doing kicks to the upper body, which is a mm. little bit harder. Mm. You know, you've got to balance and whatever. And I didn't know anyone else in the class and everybody partnered up and there was one guy left and he literally looked at me and did the huge, heavy, oh, I guess so, sigh. Oh. And, and then he did, he did that wonderful thing where, you know, we were getting ready to do these kicks and I was tapping in and saying, let me know how hard I can kick you. And he said, kick me as hard as you want. And, so I did. and then he said, please don't kick me that hard ever again. So, I mean, I hate the idea that I have to do something like that to be taken seriously. But I think, you know, there is, you know, there is that sense that, you know, um, Amanda, you're the one who said that you're a little tiny. I'm sorry. I only know a couple of you on this thing. You know, yes, I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm five feet tall and just I, I have to look up at everyone. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm short. I'm in the same boat. I'm five feet tall. Yeah. When I started doing choreography, I had light blonde hair that I could sit on. And I would walk <laughs> in and people would go, ah, so what do you Yeah. Do? So, uh, you know, I get yeah. that. Aren't you cute? <laughs> exactly. So I, I really think that, you know, when you're doing that kind of choreography where you're you're the outsider it is really imperative that the director that you're working with 
brings you in and says, this is the person you're listening to. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you don't get yes. that authority, it's never, never going to work. Um, yeah. And I, I, I also feel like when we're, you guys were talking about the different kind of personas that you have, I definitely have a different persona when I'm teaching than when I'm choreographing. Um, because, you know, when you're teaching, you're sort of wrangling, you're hurting cats. Um, when you're doing the choreography, you're there, you know, in theory for a short amount of time to get something done. It always inevitably winds up being a much more in-depth process because of exactly what one of you was saying about, you know, you go in and nobody knows how to do anything. So right. what you thought yeah. was going to be a two-day job winds up taking, you know, months to complete. So, um, I think there, that you definitely go in with a different attitude depending on, you know, I teach differently when I teach kids than when I teach adults, Of course, Mm -hmm. you know, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The, the, the idea of authority Mm -hmm. because, um, the thing that I've always felt with choreography and why I sort of created this persona when I'm choreographing, uh, people that don't know my work um, is that you know if if someone walks into the room and it's a six foot five young chiseled dude and and you know we say and the director says this is your fight choreographer like everyone is going to fall in line instantly mm-hmm. because we just automatically assume that that visual equates to capability and knowledge and authority about fighting. But if Amanda walks into the room, you know, <laughs> five foot tall, uh, pixie cut, uh, <laughs> with bright red lipstick, that kind of natural granting of authority is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get support from community. Chloe, you were talking about like how there was a sense that there's this group of women that know their shit, the babes right. with blades, because right. you know we've been doing it for 22 years now. So it was hard won. Um, you know, even five or six years into Babes, I remember calling, um, getting a reference, I think from Wooly, because I needed a specific type of weapon. And he said, oh, this this guy I know has it. Here's his phone number, give him a call. So I called him to see if I could rent that weapon. And uh, I remember there was just silence on the line, you know, after I introduced myself and said, you know, I'm the artistic director of Babes with Blades and David Wooly asked me to give you a call. And, and uh, and there was just silence on the other end of the line. And he says, and he said, well, I don't know who you are. What? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so uh, long story short, he didn't rent me the weapon. Um, and I don't know who you are. So we're equal. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, wow. even though I had, you know, the Babes with Blades name and David Woolley's name, he still didn't consider this female voice. And, you know, the Babes with Blades name as having the authority necessary for him to trust me um, enough, you know, to imagine that I knew what the hell I was doing. Um, Dawn, can I ask you, for now, Babes with Blades, I mean, you were in a different era. 
It was founded for a reason. You guys got put it together. Mm -hmm. uh, what purpose do you see it still serving now? Is there still that great need in that sense? I'm sure there is, but you know, can you just talk a little bit about why it's still relevant? Why it's still important to have well, this? All you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we originally founded Babes with Blades, I remember uh, during our sort of uh, year of uh, foundation building, as we called it, when we um, we took a year off from producing and uh, and talked about how to move the company forward from that point. Um, you know, one of the things that we said is that we hope someday in our lifetimes that Babes with Blades will become irrelevant. That will be just another theater company that has women fighting in it. Um, mm. That has not happened yet. <laughs> okay. um, and we talked, we talked also in previous podcasts about the whole, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it idea, right? right? That if you don't see women fighting, women being badass in, your, in, your, in the culture surrounding you, that you have it's a harder thing to imagine that you can do it. Um, right. So Babes with Blades was founded because I, I loved stage combat and I looked around when I got to Chicago and I saw very few opportunities for women to perform stage combat, to be the ones actually swashing and buckling on stage. Mm -hmm. um, and so Babes with Blade was founded to address that. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, in the process, in the process, we, we wound up creating a community, um, a, for and around women who loved stage combat like I did and wanted chances to perform it, to teach it, to learn it, um, and to sort of model that, you know, that, that persona of women who can kick ass. So are there, I mean, while it sounds like from what I'm hearing from everyone, it's a more accepting world of women in stage combat, women in action, but uh, do, I mean, I'll throw it for everybody, do you perceive that there are more opportunities, the same number of opportunities, opportunities but not great ones? I mean, what's the environment like for women on stage in these kinds of roles? Uh, Jen, I guess I'll speak to some of what I know in L.A., Mm -hmm. Um, and this is only because I, I see all the auditions I, and, and I'm constantly hired as a fight choreographer. Um, I will say, first of all, as a whole, uh, stage combat is becoming more and more pervasive in theater. Um, I mean, there's now an awards category for stage combat where there wasn't were for a fight director where there wasn't before it was just an honorary award um so i think in light of that what is happening is now companies are bringing in more stage combat to their whatever play they pick and a lot of companies are doing sort of gender gender neutral casting when it comes to classical mm -hmm. plays um particularly in la um and then any plays that, of course, are not gender neutral, are, are there may very well be a woman who's fighting in it. And I'm seeing a lot more of that, again, because I get the auditions and I, I am working as a fight choreographer. I am seeing a lot more opportunities all around for stage combat, but maybe less so for women. But there is 
way more than there used to be for women because I remember taking stage combat thinking, well, I'll only ever be able to use this on stage if I am to play the victim. Mm-hmm. Right. And, if you're going to be beat up. Yeah. If I'm going to be beat up and I, and side note, I, 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 and I say this to Sam all the time. I owe my career, I think to babes of blades and Sam, because I would not have the skills that I currently have without that practice, without that company, without doing show after show after show after show and just and then having our uh, our sessions of getting together and, and trading information. Um, so yeah. that's super important. And I would assume that's still relevant for some of the women involved now because, you know, otherwise you're paying for a class every other day. What could be better than getting together with some women and 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 skill sharing. Yeah. And I think Chloe, you probably had a similar experience with R and D choreography with Rick and Dave and Rick and Vic, uh, where you were, you were in a situation where you were immersed in it. And so were able to pick up a lot more skills than you would have if you had only been doing stage combat on the occasional show. Absolutely. Yeah. It was great. Cause you know, you're, you're doing all sorts of different aspects of things. It's either, you know, like the, small things like how do I clean this weapon like how does how does that happen because you know just day to day you have to complete all these different tasks and then you know as you go on getting more responsibility but even before that just like watching it happen like figuring out the structure of how do you put together a fight and you know just because there were all these jobs coming in for them that I was you know either helping out with or, or just straight up watching it was it was just a, a kind of nice wheel of there's there's always something to work on and i think that that also made me uh feel like there was always something to work on for myself and something to work on in you know my fighting and and i think that's also what keeps me so interested in it like that's what means it's never boring is that there's always there's always something more to learn you know whether it's a new specific weapon or you know just a way of teaching better or or teaching to a different kind of person yeah Amanda, I wanted to actually ask you a question because we are on radio, so our radio audience may not be able to see that um, that you are Asian. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. And I wonder if you, as an Asian woman, if there is almost an understanding or expectation that you need to know Kung Fu if you're going to be an actor. Well, now that's the funny thing is I'm actually half Asian. So I get the fun thing of being mixed race and therefore not enough like anyone. (laughs) Uh, So I've I've actually had that talk. So first of all, a lot of my my training is with, with Western fighting. You know, fencing is based on you know, European style of sword fighting. A lot right. The Society of American Fight Directors deals primarily with Western style weapons. So that is what I know for the most part. Um, right. I've had a couple people say like, you know, you should know basic like Kung Fu or k- Karate, whatever. Uh, but Some for the most part... Asian fighting style, yeah. Yeah. But also people look at me and don't know what my ethnicity is to begin with. Ah. Uh, and I've actually had talks with um, my, my fully Asian friends who are not part of stage combat 
and said, hey, if we ever are up for a role that says, you know, you need to be a ninja or whatever, I, I told her, I'm like, you're going to get that role before me because you look like an Asian woman. I don't really. I look like a somewhat Asian woman, but I also <laughs> like, and this is a, a thing just in my acting career. I never played someone who was particularly of Japanese descent until last summer, last Hollywood fringe was the first time I ever actually played someone of my own ethnicity. Right. And, you know, I had, I, I've, I've been very lucky to have gotten a lot of different roles and I, you know, in local theater, I act a lot, but there aren't a lot of roles for people who are half Asian co stage combat and otherwise. And for people who are fully Asian, I don't look enough like that stereotype. Sure. To actually get those roles sometimes. So it, it is a, a benefit. It, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Right, right. I don't get immediately pegged for, oh, you better know how to do Kung Fu, but also I don't get to um, easily slip into that archetype. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Jen, I'm going to out you as, a, as an Arab because you... Uh, <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, what am I going to be outed as? Oh, my God. <laughs> Exciting. Have you ever had any experience where you're like, well, of course you know how to fight because you have to play the terrorist, right? Uh, yeah. You know what? I haven't. And I and I think it's because I I think I look white. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Lebanese and Syrian, so I, I look more more Caucasian than, than anything. So as much as I try to play the terrorist, nobody will let me. <laughs> you have the, you have the same issue Amanda has yeah. in that you're not, you're not Arab enough. I'm not right? Arab and, and don't think that I haven't been told that. Oh, wow. oh so Maybe, much. Well, I'm sorry. You're just not, you're not, oh, you're just, you're just not I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. What if, I start, what if I start swearing in Arabic like my mother? Would that do it? No. <laughs> no. Oh, Recently, Finn, uh, I will just say the joke, like, hashtag I swear I'm Asian. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness gracious. Um Anybody have any aspect of uh, stage combat that we haven't touched on that you'd really like to touch on? I... Silent. All quiet <laughs> on the Western yeah. Front. Uh, I, I think just um, I am very glad that, as Jen said, stage combat is getting to be more of a thing now, and fight choreography is getting to be, at least in Los Angeles, a more prevalent thing because, and, and I'm sure we all agree on this, the number of times where it's like, oh, they'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. right. And every time I hear that, and I have a lot of friends who do sketch comedy and improv, and so that comes up, up occasionally. And every time I'm like, no, it's a right. skill. 
and you need to like actually work at it. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and, and I and I get so angry. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, at the beginning of this, I, I, I listed all of the hats that I wear in theater. And I know we all wear 17 different hats in different contexts. Right. And I feel like I am never so much of an advocate for actors as I am when I am a fight choreographer. Right. When I am a director or an actor, actors can tick me off to no end. When I'm a fight choreographer, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep you safe. Right. I'm going to keep you safe and I'm going to make you look good. Just trust me. So I'm, I'm happy that we are hopefully slowly growing to understand how necessary this skill and art is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I think she's right on that. I, when I first moved to LA, uh, God, I don't even know, 15 years. Jesus Christ. Why am I still here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, a very long time ago. I, uh, first of all, I never saw a fight choreographer listed in the program when there was fights mm. and the right. fights were God awful and so you know they just said to the actors well just do a little scuffle here just throw that punch here and you know just do mm -hmm. you know and I can't tell you how many shows I walked out of going oh dear god oh god um yeah and and now again I'm starting to see fight choreographers listed every time assistant fight choreographers listed so I, I do I think that it is getting better it is becoming per more pervasive and again, it, I think that is just going to create more opportunities for women. And I am seeing a lot more women get work. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, two things I want to touch on. One is just talking uh, off of what Amanda said about being an advocate for actors when she's a fight choreographer. I was um, recently in a show where a, a young actress, uh, you know, in her just out of school in her early 20s, um, was choreographed to do a contact slap and she uh, was very nervous about it, was very nervous about it and rightfully so. And uh, I actually took her aside one day at rehearsal and said, as a, you know, as, as the, the old lady here uh, who has experience in stage combat, I want to tell you that if you don't want to do this move, you are absolutely within your rights to say to the fight choreographer, I am not comfortable with this. Can we do something else? Mm -hmm. And you absolutely need to feel empowered to do that. And I will back you up if you need me to. Great. So, you know, as, as, uh, as fight choreographers who are women, um, I find that I am much more likely to advocate for and support other women who are doing stage combat, regardless of their level of experience. And yeah. um, and then the other the other thing is um, that I am also in LA, uh, but because I am an older woman, I'm in my mid fifties. Um, I find that I am still in the position of having to make my own work when it comes to fighting, with the exception of Jen's company because she knows me, <laughs> but uh, and because they they are awesome enough to, uh, you know, cast 50 year old women to do badass fights. Um, but the general world just doesn't have fighting roles for a 50 year old woman. They just don't exist. Um, 
and so uh, even though I would say there are probably more fight roles for younger women these days, we see that in, in film as well. There are so many uh, terrific, you know, badass women fighting on screen. You still don't see the master at the top of the mountain as a woman. Yeah. It's always a man. You know, older men are still allowed to know how to fight, but older women still, it is beyond um, the imagination of uh, the people who are making work these days um, to imagine that an older woman who has been fighting all her life would still be able to fight and would be able to um, compete uh, with older men as a fighter. So I am still in the position after, you know, 30 some odd years of having to make, mostly make my own work when it comes to fighting on stage or screen. <sighs> yep. A woman's work is never done. That's true. It? You're not wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it just strikes oh. me especially ridiculous because... You're just someone I look up to so much and, and feel like, you know, when I think of the people in my life who've been like, you know, the masters at the top of the mountain, like, you know, the, the first people I started off with were, were men, but like, you know, I got to come into this community of women that are older than me that fight. And so it's like, you know, it, that that was always the mountain I was wanting to climb. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know, it just, it, feel, it feels like a great hole in in what we see and I, I, I don't know you're just making me think about all the things I want to write now yeah and I'm just and like I, you know so many badass like older women who fight like Dawn you're not the only one in my life who I'm like I want to be like you when I grow up uh, <laughs> like I, I just want I, I, it's absurd that those roles don't exist but you it know, is I, it is absurd yeah uh, about it yeah. Yeah. Writers out there, get on that, would you? <laughs> but it once again, you know, it once again really stresses the importance of visibility. Yes. That, um, you know, that that it's difficult to conceive of something if you can't see it. And because you guys know me, you know, you you take it for granted that, you know, an older woman can still fight and be a badass but for you know very few people know someone like me even though other women like me exist like stephanie yeah. who you know who could i am sure although uh you know she's you've been out of it for a little while stephanie i'm sure if someone put a sword in your hand it's like riding a bike oh, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I've seen Stephanie fight. I know she'd be great. <laughs> I know she still kicks all of our asses. It'll take me a little longer, but I'd still do it. <laughs> I have no doubts. I have no doubts. Exactly. I did, want to add, I did want to add one thing um, that I heard recently in terms of women and visibility and the current situation. Um, I was speaking with two male fight directors who were bemoaning the fact that nobody wants to hire them in this particular climate. They don't want mm. the old white dudes choreographing 
um, not only violence, but the uh, sexual scenes as well. Right. They don't want right. them as intimacy directors and they don't yeah. want them as violence directors. They want women. So I thought that was a very interesting, I mean, it was two old white dudes <laughs> sitting around yeah. having this conversation, but I, that was the first time that I had heard that, that they were having trouble getting jobs. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, um, that uh, I want to do as an explanatory comma again is uh, to talk about the rise of intimacy direction and how, um, how very uh, similar in many ways and hand and glove it is with fight direction. Number one, because a lot of the scenes that involve violence against women are sexualized violence. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the two are interrelated. And, um, and I forgot the second thing because I'm old. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, oh, because, damn it. Because, damn it. Because, um, because intimacy direction was started by women who were trained in stage combat, who were stage combatants, who are stage combatants. And so the uh, principles of intimate, the five pillars of intimacy direction um, are in many ways um, modeled after the precepts um, that are involved in stage combat, that everything is choreographed, that you rehearse it, that you have an intimacy call every night before the show begins, and that it is treated as something that is not method, right? Yeah. That fight, fight and intimacy choreography are not something that you're just going to feel your way through. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, there are a lot of opportunities opening up for women in this new field of, uh, intimacy direction. And, and I frankly feel that that is perhaps because the times that women have been made to feel unsafe when they were involved in unchoreographed intimacy on stage the reasons that they were feeling unsafe often had to do with an older white male in charge of the space and, um, and being insensitive to um, the vulnerability and the emotional impact mm -hmm. of what was happening. Um, that is, that has certainly happened to me when I was a younger woman on stage. And uh, so I can understand that the, the, the impetus would be to hire someone for intimacy choreography who doesn't trigger those old fears. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. Um, does anybody have any good stories that they want to share about, uh, it doesn't have to be gender related, but uh, fun stories about your career as a woman in stage combat? One of the first shows that I ever fight choreographed. Um, it Chloe, was like, you're, you're still a little bit. Uh, shoot, I'm so sorry. I'm putting it like right in front of my mouth. Is that a little better? That's a little better. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to nom my own microphone, but that's okay. It's um, <laughs> so uh, when I was in when I was in high school, I, I had my first hand at uh, fight choreographing, like you know, one small fight for a play that was basically about fairies, like these tiny people that were basically the size of mice. 
and uh, I just ran across a picture of it the other day, and I was so excited because I remembered that I had ha I had had to be the one who figured out how we were going to make this gigantic uh, weapon that we called a half scissor. It was literally like half of a pair of scissors. Uh, nice. And so what I decided to do was I was like, well, what if we get a crutch and we just like cover it so that it looks like half of a scissor, but it's giant compared to these tiny people. And I had him like swinging it around his head and like using the hole in the scissor to, to like move it. And it was like part sword, part quarter staff. And in my, in my memory, it's a, an amazing fight. And I'm sure it is pretty mediocre, but I was <laughs> so proud of my little half sword and like, you know, just getting to have that feeling for the first time of like, I, I made a thing and it, and it looks badass and nobody died. And so, yeah. Hey, hey, and you designed a fighting style, essentially. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's so great. That was so fun. Uh, Anybody else? Um, I have, I have uh, one little oh, weird story. This is Stephanie. Okay. Sorry, I talked over somebody. I'm sorry. Um, it's a weird story that I love telling because it makes me chuckle every time. Um, when I was in college and I was studying with David Woolley, I was in my second semester of stage combat. So we were on to broadsword. And at the time, I did not have a lot of upper body strength. So over um, spring break, I asked if I could take a broadsword home so that I could train with it on my own. And nice. David said, yes, of course you can. And uh, at the time, I was riding the train out from the suburbs into Chicago to go to school. And I remember getting on the train, coming back from spring break. And, you know, at the time, I didn't have a case. I was carrying the broadsword just open as can be. <laughs> just walking along with my broadsword and uh, got on the train. And I thought it was strange because everyone on the train turned and looked at me with horror on their faces. <laughs> And everyone, they all turned to the opposite side of the train where another student from my class was standing carrying a broadsword. That's amazing. Oh, this is everything. And at the time, we did nothing, but oh, how I wish we had rushed one another. Because so great. And said, there can be only one. <laughs> oh, man. That's one of my favorites. That's a great story. I, that is brilliant. Uh, kind of, it's a, a lot less interesting than that one. Um, but I was taking a sword and shield class uh, a few years ago. And I didn't have, and often I would take the weapons home from class to practice and rehearse. But I, I didn't have them that, this one day. But I got pulled over one, uh, the day after one of my classes. And I didn't have the sword and shield in my, in my car at that point. But the, you know, the cop at that point was like, you don't have any weapons in your car, right? And I'm like, I didn't say this, but in my brain, I'm like, no, but yesterday there was. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't at that point. Which was right. probably good, right. and it, it's a it's a sword. It's fine. What am I going to do with a cop and a sword? <laughs> so many. You'd never know. You'd it's never fine. know. Fine. Um, uh, just one other quick story. I choreographed um, 
a, a fight for an immersive show a couple Hollywood fringes ago. And this fight took place in a stairwell, which was right outside of Fringe Central. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the, the shows happened, at the, this immersive show happened several times throughout the night. Uh, so there definitely were moments in my fight choreography where a guy is getting just beaten up and like slammed into a wall and like dragged up and downstairs while disco music was happening at Fringe Central. Uh, so, you know, appropriate background for that, the fun of immersive theater. (laughs) Indeed. Yay. Terrific. Um, I, I would tell the kiss her story, but I think we're probably running out of time. So, um, (laughs) so unless Sean is willing to go uh, radically over, I'm going to leave that one for a future podcast. We will have to save that one, I think. Indeed. But I do want to point out that um, in the interest of uh, hopefulness and um, advancing women in stage combat uh, to be just sort of normal and making Babes with Blades obsolete, uh, I just want to uh, acknowledge that our own Jen Albert on this podcast uh, recently won the Ovation Award, which Woo! is Los yes! Angeles version of the Tonys wow. for stage combat. I'm so glad you mentioned that because when Jen mentioned the fact that we have a stage combat category, I was almost like, and who won that recently? <laughs> <laughs> who was the first woman to win it? That would be our very own Jen Albert. You, yes. Thank you Me for acknowledging that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, for the sound effect. <laughs> yep. So there you go. She, in her own way, um, and, uh, and because of, you know, her lifelong dedication and um, sticking with it and loving it and being as talented as she is, she has uh, greatly improved the visibility for women in stage combat in Los Angeles. So, yay. Yay. Thank yay. you for that. Thank you for that. Woo! It was great to win it and have women come up to me afterwards and say, oh, you were the only woman nominated. You won. Oh, my God. You're my role model. And that's all yay. I can hope for is just having women be excited by that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just another day yep. in the life of Jen Albert. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, doing what she do. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being part of this. I'm, I was just so excited uh, to have you all on our little podcast. And thank you, um, thank you thank for you. having us. Thank you all so much to the light. Absolutely. And uh, keep kicking ass. Yes. I want to thank everyone, including Jen Albert, Amanda Norico, Chloe Noel Baldwin, Stephanie Albright, and of course, Don Sam Alden, the co-host of our episode on the 34 Circe Salon, Make Matriarchy Great Again. Take care.